Who are the Golden Knights? Now, the only pressure is, is that the sniping of people saying you gotta do as good as them. It's just good. Uh, Vegas is treating us well, and I think the record doesn't show how hard that we work, and it's tough in that way. But it's good for us in the inner circle to understand what we have going on in Vegas, and if we just continue to trust and believe in each other, the sky's the limit for this team, and I'm just I'm blessed to be a part of it. Our expectations maybe at the start of the season were a little unrealistic. Man, we're not even worried about the playoffs right now. What we do, what we do is we take it week by week. We just gotta we gotta worry about next week. You start looking ahead and you start looking over people, you might not even make it. So that being said, to me, Urban Meyer is one of the lowest pieces of garbage there is on this earth. That's right. What's going on, everybody? You already know what it is. This is your boy, Jose V. You are tuning into another episode of Straight Bet Sports. Live here from Las Vegas, Nevada, chilling at the crib. Oh, got the mic, got the camera, got my guy, Jay Madrazos, behind the big board tonight, producing the show here for us. We're not in the studio, but we told you guys that we were going to keep doing the show, so we cannot stop. We must continue doing our thing. I love talking sports, man, and giving my opinion and being very opinionated or however you want to call me. But at the end of the day, I'm going to let you know how I feel about certain situations and certain things that are going on in the world of sports, whether it's with the gambling Twitter side, whether it's with anything here locally in Las Vegas, whether it's UFC, MMA, NBA, NFL, college basketball, college football, we're going to bring it all to you live. Now, look, I'm going to ask you guys like we do every single week. Drop that like, drop that comment, press that share. Let everyone know what it is you are tuned into tonight, and we will go from there. We can see your comments. If we're all live right now on the YouTube, the Twitter, and the Facebook page, just search Straight Bet Sports. We are live on whatever platform you like to watch on now. I got my guy, EMB Sports, is going to be coming on here on the screen shortly as well. And I also have my guy, Chris Wynn, local Las Vegas radio personality here on SportsX Radio, Fox Sports Radio, out of line, among other things. He's going to be joining us as well to chop it up with us here on the mic. We already got people on the Twitter side, my guy plugs saying that saying will forever stick in my head from straight bet sports. That's my intro. That's just the way I say it. Drop that like, drop that comment, press that share. We'll go from there. You already know what it is, but look, man, thank you to everybody that's showing love on the Twitter, on all things, social media. You can find me at Jose underscore Volonte. As you see there, please follow the show, like comment, share all that great stuff. Now look, we got NFL free agency. We have March Madness just technically hours away with the with the first four playing games that are coming up. So I thought, why not bring in my guy, Chris Wynn. Chris Wynn 
has been all over the college basketball scene with all of the major tournaments that were going on here in Las Vegas. So we're definitely going to get his thoughts and reactions on everything that he saw here and what he sees going in to March Madness just a few days away. And, of course, my guy, Ian B. I had to get my guy, Ian B., on because if you guys know, Ian, football is his forte. That's what he watches. That's what he loves. And he loves to give his, his opinion and speak his mind. And he does his homework. He's a freaking guy when it comes to videotapes and watching film. So we know that he knows what he's talking about. Now, you won't see him here on the camera tonight. He had a little bit of camera difficulties, but we got him on the audio side. He'll be able to talk. But without further ado, let me bring in my co-host for this evening. And as he is every single evening, he is none other than Ian B. My guy, Ian, what's good, man? Let everybody know what's going on out there on your side of the neck of the woods. Hey, everything's good. It's uh, good to be back. Uh, unfortunately, my camera's not really working the best uh, right now. A bit laggy, so uh, you guys just get a little bit of audio tonight. But we're doing good and uh, lots to talk about. Free agency, Lumen, as well as the tournament. So what are you most excited about when it comes to NFL free agency at this time of the year? This is the best time when it comes to NFL because we see a lot of the bodies are getting moved. A lot of guys are going different places what have you liked so far before we get into all of it? Just to give me a little bit of a tidbit. What have you liked so far before we talk to our guy, Chris Wynn? Well, so far, I'm really impressed with what the Bears have been doing to kind of surround uh, Justin Fields with talent around uh, himself, as well as uh, they've been really trying to fill that gap that they uh, made with uh, getting rid of Roquan Smith last uh, season with they've uh, – they uh, signed Tremaine uh, Ed Edmonds as well as TJ Edwards from the Eagles. So they, they've done quite a lot already to try to fill in some of the gaps that they uh, had. I expect that polls is not done by a long shot. They have a ton of cap space. So uh, I expect that it's going to be pretty uh, crazy coming in the next week or two. Yeah, man, it's a lot of guys that are on the move. Not only people that are signing with different teams, but guys that are being traded. So we'll definitely get into all that here shortly. Got to bring in my guy, Chris Wynn. C-Win, C-Win special, as I like to call him, because if you already know on the gambling side, we always got the C-Win special. What's good, my brother? How you doing this evening? I'm doing good, Jose V, Ian B. It's been a minute, guys. Always uh, good to join you, and uh, no question about it, right? Action across the board. When you talk college hoops, when you want to talk about NFL free agency, and uh, yeah, even even the diamonds getting going, guys. We got the the World Baseball Classic, and of course, spring training going down. But uh, no question, Jose, you just talked with Ian about uh, some of the key moves when it comes to NFL free agency. Uh, another one for me is absolutely the situation with New Orleans and the Saints, and uh, the acquisition, obviously, of former Las Vegas Raider quarterback Derek Carr there in that division. Obviously, that's a division that. Uh, is lacking for lack of a better term when it comes to the quarterback position and uh, pretty much wide open. So it's going to be very interesting to me to see what Derek does down there in New Orleans in the Big Easy with the Saints as uh, it's the first time, obviously, in his career he's not going to be sporting these silver and black. And uh, it's really an opportunity, I think, for him to kind of prove himself as a quarterback and possibly get the Saints to the playoffs and maybe beyond. Chris, so let's get right into it, fellas. Chris, you mentioned it. Derek Carr, that's one of the biggest signings this offseason. Next to the Aaron Rodgers, obviously, we had that situation going there for a while with everyone wondering, where is he going to go? Who is he going to sign with? 
We all know it wasn't going to be the Raiders. The Raiders was already in his in his rearview mirror before the season even ended, in my opinion. And I said it when he got benched. He's not coming back to Las Vegas. We knew he was gone. He's now a New Orleans Saint. Great situation. I said either New York, my Jets, or the Saints would be a good landing spot for him. Obviously, doesn't go to New York, doesn't sign with the Jets. But he sets himself up in a very good situation here. What is he giving himself, Chris? He's giving himself a defense, right, that he hasn't had his whole career. Solid defense, very, very good defense right there in New Orleans. But he's also giving himself weapons on the offensive side of the ball. He had weapons in Vegas, but he's making sure he's also going to a location where they're not trying to rebuild on the offensive side of the ball, right? Obviously, we don't know how much they're going to get from Alvin Kamara this year, but you still got Mike Thomas coming back. you got a solid offensive line. He has pieces there to continue to grow. I don't think this will be a one-and-done situation. I think this is possibly the best scenario overall for him. Not only that, you're leaving the AFC going to one of the probably easiest divisions in the NFC, and you get to play in the dome for the rest of your career, Chris. I'll start with you. How do you feel about the Derek Carr signing for New Orleans? Well, you bring up an interesting point, right, because it's about competition with, with respect to the divisions. He's coming from the AFC West, which is arguably, you know, you talked about the, the quarterback competition of the teams there. You're, you're talking about the best quarterbacks in the NFL in that division. And uh, it showed last year. And uh, unfortunately for the Raiders, uh, they were on the back end of things. But uh, you, you go from that situation in the AFC West to now the NFC South, where, again, as I mentioned, as of right now, and look, we're going into the draft with Carolina now moving into the number one spot in the draft. So it looks like they're probably going to get one of their young quarterbacks that they're going to build around. But as of right now, Derek Carr is the best quarterback in, this, in that division. And th so it's an opportunity, really, for Derek. You talked about the offensive weapons they have there in New Orleans. You can add Chris Olave to the mix as well, too, right? A guy that's up and coming and, and has the ability to possibly be a star in this league. So uh, it's, it's a different situation than in Vegas, no question about it. But it's with Derek Carr, when it comes to Derek Carr as far as a quarterback in this league, right? I'm one of those people that happens to think he's a top 15 quarterback in the league when he when he's on point. I think he is a top 15 guy in the league. And so if you're the New Orleans Saints, that's a good thing. And so uh, I think that if he handles the situation correctly and is 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 able to show out there and uh, and perform, it's it's going to be obviously a, I think it'll be a win win for everybody. I'm going, go you, I'm going to go a step yeah. further with that, though. Um, I, I agree with you, by the way. I think that Carr is a 15, top 12, round that area quarterback when his line does play well and he does have weapons. My issue is more on the Saints side. This deal makes a lot of sense for Derek, but it does, doesn't make any sense from the Saints side. I get it. You're constantly wanting to compete at a high level. But they need to be realistic about the way that their cap structure is, the way that their team is aging, and the way, like just the way the construct of their team. Does this move the needle to where they're actual contenders? And I, when I say actual contenders, I mean like, does anything they do right now have an effect on being able to get to? the championship game to get to a Super Bowl? And I think the answer is no. I think there's nothing they can do in free agency right now that's going to tilt the needle that way. And I think they really should have been more concerned with rebuilding. And it seems like that organization is just so allergic to that word that they keep on paying these guys good money, not crazy money, but like good money 
and it kind of gets them into this like purgatory where they can't move forward. And I think that's the problem that I have with the deal is more on the same side. And for Carr, it makes sense. He goes to a good O line. He gets you know young receiver. Um, he gets you know a head coach that he might believe in. I think uh, he's played with Dennis Allen before, correct? Derek Carr, I believe so. And when they weren't still in Oakland, I believe so. I could be wrong, Chris. I want to say they have a relationship already. So there's that as well. I just, like I said, I don't think it moves the needle. I think that the right now the Eagles, the 49ers, even the Cowboys are too much of a contender, a step up over the Saints that this doesn't really sway anything in terms of that conference. So here's another one for you too that's kind of crazy if you think about it. A guy in Jameis Winston, right? We didn't know what was going to happen with Jameis Winston with all of the rumors of Derek Carr possibly coming to New Orleans, right? He, he restructured his deal. He's staying there for one year. Now, I know this isn't the biggest signing or the, the biggest move when it comes to the NFL free agency, right? When it comes to the quarterback, you know, pool that we had there. But for a guy like Jameis Winston, what does this say for him in his maturity in his career? Does it basically say, I finally understand that I am one of those guys that I need to be ready when called upon now. I am no longer a starting quarterback in this league, but I know that my best situation is here in New Orleans, not going anywhere else, because he possibly could have tried to find a way to sign somewhere to be a starting quarterback somewhere. But let's be real. At the end of the day, this is probably his best situation, because think about this, guys. So many people talk crap about Derek Carr. It was it was his fault the Raiders didn't succeed. It was his fault that everything didn't go right, right? But, yeah, nobody wants to look at the numbers, the stats, the same BS that I fucking throw out all the time. He's never had a defense. But at the end of the day, he's also made some things on the offensive side of the ball that make you scratch your head and go, what the hell? So I think Jameis Winston looks at this. If I'm I'll get me giving my, my scenario here, if I'm Jameis Winston, I'm looking at this going, this has a possibility of not going right. Right, fellas? And, and not that he's hoping or wishing for Derek Carr's downfall. But that's what this has, right? It, it has that possible feeling that, hey, he had this issue in his home. They ran him out of Vegas. What do I have guarantee that he is going to work out here? I'm already here. I know this offense. I know this team. I know this organization. So I think I have a better shot of creating something and being here and being okay with being a backup. I don't think Jameis' career is over by any stretch. He got hurt last year, fellas, and that's how he lost his job, right? So, again, I know I went off a bit there, but I'll let whoever wants to take it. Is this a good deal and a good move for Jameis Winston? Well, a couple of things, Ian and Jose. You can. It depends on what perspective you're looking at it from, right? If you're the New Orleans Saints, obviously, it's a insurance policy, right, with Jameis Winston, having him as a backup for Derek Carr. In a perfect scenario for the New Orleans Saints, they are successful. They end up winning the NFC South. They contend with the with the uh, the teams that Ian just talked about, the Dallas Cowboys, the Niners, and the Eagles in the NFC playoffs, and they're successful. That's that's their that's their viewpoint. Um, I'm a little bit puzzled, Jose, by this whole decision regarding Jameis Winston and being a backup in New Orleans because I still think, look, mm -hmm. Jameis Winston is not some great quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. But I think he's a quarterback that could be a starter in this league for three or four terrible teams in the league that don't have a guy that's better than Jameis Winston. So I think it, I, I don't understand Jameis Winston's approach here in that you want to be a backup for, for a guy 
just because you think he might go down or you think he might not be <laughs> there is a situation in which he could absolutely go to uh, a Houston Texans or a team like that where he's the starting quarterback, right? He's the guy, and their success depends on him. So to me, it's it's a little surprising, to be honest with you, that Jameis Winston's taking this approach. It, I mean, look, it could work out for him from his, as I said, perspective that Derek Carr goes down, gets get, there's there's some kind of injury to Carr, and he comes in and, and is the and is the savior for the say you no know, <laughs> coming in and doing well. But I I just uh, I, I'm not necessarily on board with uh, Winston and his decision here just to be a backup because I think that uh, you know the mentality you should be a dog mentality man like you're an NFL quarterback. You should want to be the guy. Jameis Winston has been the guy uh, throughout a lot of his career. And uh, I don't necessarily think, I mean, you talked about him like, you know, like he's watched it. Uh, I'm not putting your words in your mouth, but you're, you know, basically alluding to like he's, he's down to the back end of his career. And it, it's questionable whether he's a starting quarterback anymore. That's true. I think that's true. But there are definitely three or four teams in the NFL where Jameis Winston could be the starting quarterback. What do you think, Ian? And we got some, but Ian, I want to get your thoughts, but then we got comments on Facebook that we're going to put up as well. And then I got some on Twitter that I want to read, but go ahead and give me your thoughts on that real quick. So again, I kind of agree, but it's for Winston. It's, it's about mental. I think more than anything else. And I think that him losing his job, especially to nothing necessarily he did other than getting hurt. I think that, messes with your psyche a little bit more especially when it seemed like winston was just kind of getting back to a normal state of mind so i i think he could have gotten more money gone gone to someplace that is a better fit for him but i i just <laughs> to be honest i think that winston's in a point of his career where i think he needs to accept the backup role once again you're tuning to straight bet sports live here from las vegas nevada we are coming to you live from YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook on all Straight Bet Sports pages. Now, I said we got some comments, so we're going to get into these comments real quick. If I can look here, let's see, scroll to look for some comments. Now, one you see on the screen already from Primo Eddie. Primo Eddie's been following the show since day one when we were back at Gorilla Cross and all that. He's a huge Raider fan. He lives in South Central LA, born and raised. He says, nine years of nothing with Carr. I don't know about nothing. Uh, they got something out of Derek Carr, yeah. but again, I don't believe it was all his fault. Then he goes on to say, I'm glad the Raiders moved on from Carr. Again, I'm not a Raider fan, but I support the Raiders, see when because they're here, right? They're locally. We like to support yeah. our local teams. Do you agree with these statements that they got nine years of nothing from Carr and you think it's a good thing that the Raiders moved on from him? This is coming from a Raider fan. I think that the characterization of nothing from Derek Carr is the wrong characterization, okay? You got what you got out of him. You got, again, we just talked about him. We think he's a top 12 to 15 quarterback in the NFL. Everything's not about Derek Carr when it comes to the Raiders and things that have gone down. I think that Mark Davis is not a good owner when it comes to football decisions, okay? They've absolutely swung and missed when it came to acquisitions and some draft picks across the board, right? Coaching situations have been kind of, uh, kind of all over the place, and obviously you had to deal with the situation with John Gruden and beyond. So there's a lot of factors that come into play when you're dealing with the with the Raiders, both in Oakland and here in Las Vegas. 
with respect to uh, whether or not anything got done or you got anything out of them. So I would disagree with that comment. With respect to uh, the Raiders moving on from Carr, look, we haven't even talked about it yet. The acquisition uh, that they, they just made is going to give justification for moving on from Derek Carr, right? And obviously, I'm talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, there's it's a it's been looked at uh, through through NFL circles. When you you guys have been on social media today, you guys have been consuming sports media, and for all intents and purposes, it's been looked at as a good move for the Las Vegas it's, Raiders. It's a to terrible get Jimmy move. Garoppolo as the starting. Hold on here. And so <laughs> that to me is a big key, right? Is is that you're you're getting a guy that is uh, someone who has played in big games someone who has been to a Super Bowl, and someone who we think can be a good fit here in Vegas with the Las Vegas Raiders as, as a quarterback. So it's, uh, it's moving on from Derek Carr, yes, but it's also looking ahead to what they have at the quarterback position for the silver and black. So look, man, I'm going to tell you this when it comes to the – we're going to move on and go to our next topic. Chris, you're, you're, you're on fire today, baby. Every time you bring them up, you already know they're ready. It's the next one that we're going to talk about, but look. Let's talk about the Jimmy G signing because when I saw the signing, yeah. I'm not surprised because it was talked about it, but I was kind of a little caught off guard, right? And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that and why I was caught off guard. The reason I was caught off guard when it came to the signing is because you have a guy in Josh McDaniels that said there aren't five quarterbacks among the top five players. There aren't five quarterbacks among the top five players in the draft, right? That's one thing. Yeah. So he doesn't believe that they're there. But he also believed, and I don't remember the exact words, but you can semi-quote me or whatever you want to call it. It's out there. He said something like when they were talking about them getting Rodgers, no, we don't need a vet. Some, you know, We don't need someone that's not going to be here long-term, whatever it may be. We need to build something. And in some form, shape, or words, that's what he said. Look it up. So for you to go after a guy in Jimmy G, okay, a guy in yeah. Jimmy G that, let, let's be real, fellas, Let's let's be real. With all due respect, Jimmy G is a good NFL quarterback. He's a guy that if you don't have a quarterback on your team and you want to win some regular season games and you want to go to the playoffs and and possibly get your fans a little bit excited but never win anything, then Jimmy G is your guy. (laughs) Jimmy G is your guy. I mean, Jimmy G, oh, my God. The good thing is we're not censored, so I can say this. He'll get your panties wet. But he's never, ever going to get you pregnant. He's not going to give you a baby, and you're not going to have a family with this guy. That's the problem. He's the stepdad that comes in but can't finish the job. So that, that that's what I'm saying. He's going to come into this situation, three-year, $67 million contract, by the way, which is an absolute joke. I'm sorry, because let's be real. We don't know what we're going to get from Jimmy. First of all, you got to stay healthy. Second of all, is this a sign from a guy that's trying to bring in his guy just like he brought in his guy that now left to Denver and Jared Stidham? I mean, think about it, guys. What does this move really look like? This looks like what they did last year and then moving into bringing in Jared Stidham at the end and getting rid of Derek Carr. Now, here's the thing. What's going to happen here now? If Jimmy G gets hurt, what are we going to do here? Right, Wait. because if, if we're being honest, you you went from a guy in Derek Carr that, with all due respect, I don't believe this, but everyone says he's not good. He's this that. We went from a guy that can't win to to hand off Jimmy. Like, are you kidding me? Hand off Jimmy's gotten further in his short career 
than Derek Carr has, if we're being honest, right, guys? Oh, yeah. okay. he's, he's, a, hold on. he's a great handoff artist. We know that. You know, hey, hey, woo gotcha. You know what I mean? Thank you. Run the ball. We'll win 20 games. You know, whatever it is. But uh-huh. what I'm saying here, this hire for the Raiders, I think, is bad. I think they could have gone another way. I think if you really want to build, you could have drafted something. You could have found a way to move around and do something else. If you were going to sign Jimmy G, you should have kept Derek Carr. You should have brought in a rookie quarterback to develop under Derek Carr, just like Brett Favre did with Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers developed under Brett Favre before they moved on and got rid of him. The Raiders did it absolutely wrong, guys. That's my opinion, whether you want to agree with me or not. I know you guys probably have different opinions on it, but let's be real. This is the same guy, if not a little bit better, than Derek Carr. Well, so this is the thing. He's not better than Derek Carr. Um, Dude has never had a trash O-line in his entire career. And we're sending him to one of the worst, traditionally one of the worst O-lines in the league. So there's that for one. So we've never seen if Jimmy G can actually operate an offense without having the time in the pocket. We've never seen that. And also, again, he has the injury history. Derek Carr, on the other side, has never had a top 20 defense in his entire career. And his O-line has also been, I think, under top 15 in his entire career. I'd have to go fact check that. But the, the fact is, you're replacing him without bolstering your offensive line. And you have bigger holes to fill. Now, if you're really set on getting a quarterback because you don't want to waste the offensive pieces that you have, and you don't like Will Levis, and you don't like whoever you think that's going to drop to you, guess what? There's a 26-year-old free agent right now that's an ex-MVP that's mobile. How do you neutralize a bad O-line? You get a mobile quarterback. So <laughs> give Lamar a contract. Get rid of Jimmy G. Void this contract before it's too late. It's not. It's already too late for all our listeners. But that was the move. I mean, you trade two first rounds and guarantee Lamar a contract, right? You're really in win-now mode. If you're really, really in let's pay whatever quarterback there is, you do that. You get a mobile quarterback, give him weapons, and you start working on the defense. So that's something to help out Lamar Jackson. But, yes, you get Lamar Jackson. That is what you do. I agree. I think Lamar Jackson is the move for the Raiders. And this goes back, and I'll let you you chop on it right now, Chris, but this goes back to what you mentioned earlier. Mark Davis – I, I think you brought him. I, I, I said it. I said it before. I said it when we did um, a pushing the limits a few weeks ago. I don't believe that Mark Davis is that great of an owner in the NFL yeah. side. You've been around it for a bit, haven't been able to figure it out. I know the WNBA is a whole different monster. I get that. You know, he figured that out right now. He got the right money, jumped into a right, right. situation that was there with Bill and I get that. But here with the NFL, let's be real. What has he done since he's been owner? Move the Raiders to Vegas. That's it. He hasn't done anything aside from that, guys. If I'm Mark Davis and I'm the Raiders, I would have gave up the farm. You want? I would. You know what? Mike Ditka, where are you? 
I would have I would have gave up the next seven first <laughs> or all my taking draft picks for freaking Lamar Jackson. It's not like they're good at drafting first rounders anyway. I, 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 I agree. Walker, baby, that's talking about Lamar Jackson would have been the guy. I understand all his health, this and that. It does not matter. Look what he's done in a short career. And if you, I, he, again, I'm not a stat nerd, guys. You guys know that. Ian knows that. But Ian looks at all that. We can bring up the stats and records and everything that Lamar has, this, that, and the other, what he's done with what he doesn't have. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. The Raiders screwed this up. I'm sorry. But, Chris, what are your thoughts on the move with Jimmy G? Yeah, so let's keep a scoreboard here, guys, right? Jose Volante, not a big <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo fan, okay? Ian B, not much more of a Jimmy Garoppolo fan, okay? Uh-oh. And uh, Uh-oh. Me, myself, I'm not gonna, a big I'm gonna, fan I'm of him. I just don't think this, he's proven anything when he's had a battle Jose line. B and Ian B. I'm not let's a see. huge Jimmy Garoppolo fan either. But that being said, a lot of it is about availability, right? Who was out there? What were the guys out there that they had an opportunity to get? Jared Stim's not going to be the guy here, okay? People can stop with that BS. Come on now. Jared Stidham, give me a bunch of complete crap about him being a bridge quarterback here. Nonsense, all right? You need to go out and get an actual starting quarterback. Obviously, everybody was talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? The Aaron Rodgers, would he come here? Could he come here? Reunited with, with you know, his, his, his wide receiver and the possibilities of other quarterbacks possibly coming here as well to Tom Brady before he retired, all that. So I get it. But and it was down to the wire, right? And there's kind of a feeling on my side of it that the Raiders were up against it, right? And they were kind of sweating a little bit, saying, "Uh oh, you know, who's going to be our guy? Who's going to be our signal caller? Who's going to be our quarterback? And so I think a little bit of that plays into this. I, I disagree a little bit with Ian. I think that Jimmy G is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Not much better, but I think he's a little bit better than, 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 than Derek Carr as a quarterback. But that being said, uh, I was and, – and, and Ian mentioned his name briefly when he talked about this. I think they should go on the draft route. I think they should have gone the draft route. You look at a guy like a Will Levis, right, out of, out of Kentucky. Don't do it. Uh, a guy that's a senior. We understand he's a little bit inconsistent when it comes to his tape. We understand that he's kind of prone uh, to injury as well as, uh, as, well as uh, his, his uh, uh, ability to hold on to the football. But that being said, I think Will Levis has a lot of upside – and they could have made a move in the draft or or even maybe stayed put and maybe gotten them. I think that's the, the direction that they kind of should have gone. Uh, yeah, there are other prospects, obviously, when you're talking about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and, and Richardson and some others. But I thought that would have been a, a good fit for them. And, uh, I mean, we'll see exactly what it is they do. But now, now Jimmy G's the guy. So uh, I would concur with you, Jose. I don't think that, again, I'm going to reiterate this. I don't think, I think Mark Davis is a good guy. Right, I think he's been solid as far as uh, his primary ownership of the Las Vegas Aces. As you pointed out, a completely different situation. But when it comes to football decisions, Mark Davis is not Al Davis. All right, and he and he's not someone who is has a track record of making good decisions when it comes to football decisions or hiring decisions or draft pick this, you know, or or having people in the right place making draft picks. It just it just hasn't been good. For Mark Davis. So I think this could be another one of those scenarios that plays out in which we are exposed to Mark Davis not being a good owner. And uh and maybe the signing ends up being that. You know, you know, obviously the the proponents and you know Raider Nation, you guys know it here. It, it's it's prevalent all over the place. And the fans here, if if it, it succeeds, they're gonna laud 
the Raider organization and say, oh, yeah, it was great. You know, what, what a pickup getting Jimmy G and going into the draft and drafting offensive linemen to block for him and, you know, building up the defense and getting it, getting the Raiders back to contention in the AFC West. So if it, but, but if it doesn't pan out like that, you know, you guys both know what's going to happen. They're going to get lambasted across the board and it's all going to come down on Josh McDaniels, the brass, the Raiders, and of course the owner, Mark Davis. Once again, you're tuning to Straight Bet Sports, my guy EMB, our guy Chris Wynn, chopping it up here from Las Vegas on your Monday afternoon. Got my guy Jay Madrazos up in the crib here producing the show for us tonight, but he does every single week. He's going to start doing it for us until we get back in the studio, so we greatly appreciate him. Talking some NFL free agency, a lot of crazy moves, a lot of crazy stuff going on in the last few hours here. A lot of moves, guys moving around, different people, big names that are moving around in certain situations and areas that we didn't even think or even think to look at that ended up happening. Got to give a big shout-out to my guy, Plug, from the Outlet SV. You guys know what he has going on on the gambling Twitter site. Please check him out and check out the Discord, man. They got a lot of good things going on there. Not just on the VIP side, but like I say it over and over again, the whole Discord in general, on the free side, the community, the conversations, everything they do. If you're a novice, rookie, or professional in the gambling Twitter or just on the betting side when it comes to sports, football, basketball, soccer, hockey, whatever it is, they got you covered. He's chopping in on Facebook and Twitter. He's on the Twitter side right now saying, Winston being a backup is a lazy approach in my point. He should have been reached out by now by someone else, as we talked about when we're talking about earlier with the Jameis Winston situation. And he also says, Jose snapping Jimmy G for president. Jimmy G is getting cooked this year. See, he even believes that, that no one really cares or believes that Jimmy G is going to be the guy. And he also says, Lamar for the Raiders? LOL, sheesh. Let's talk about it, please. Well, we just talked about it, and you know what? That's how we feel. I think Lamar should have gone to the Raiders. I think it would have been a great move. And here's the thing. It could still happen. You got to understand that, right? Lamar can still get moved with someone coming in and offering these draft picks and all that as well. My guy John chimes in. You guys already know he is a big, big Bills fan. He says, Allen for MVP. Bruh, bruh. Don't, don't get me started on Josh Allen because Ian already knows how I feel about Josh Allen. Chris probably knows how I feel about Josh Allen. This guy's a participation quarterback. Participation trophy quarterback. Ain't going to win. Jimmy never, G never, on will. Crack. never will. No, I'm talking about the Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. But anyways, moving on, guys. We got a lot more people that have been moved, that have been shopped. Here's one that I didn't see coming. Okay? But this team not only made a move for this player, but they're also making moves all around on this team. The coach they got is super young. He has fun on the sidelines. He enjoys himself, right? And he's creating a completely different culture after everything that happened in Miami. Now, obviously, I'm talking about Jalen Ramsey being moved over to Miami from the L.A. Rams. That was one of the biggest moves this offseason. Jalen Ramsey being a, a, few, a former pro bowler, more than likely future Hall of Famer, one of few guys in his criteria when it comes to what he's done uh, um, profile-wise or resume-wise in his career to get moved at this time in his career, right? So I don't know uh, John says disrespectful. I don't know if it was necessarily disrespectful by the Rams to trade him to Miami because we don't know the ins and outs of it, guys, right? We don't know if maybe he was okay with it. Maybe he, he felt like it was time for me to move on. I got my chip. I've done what I have to do here. Let's, let's go somewhere else. But like a lot of championship teams do, guys, what do they do? They build, they create, and when they can and when they don't need it anymore, they move on, right? 
Jalen Ramsey was one of those pieces. He was one of those guys that was brought in when they were building this team. Granted, he was there, I think, a year or two before the Super Bowl run. But what happened? He was there to create this team. He was the first piece. Then they got Von Miller. Then you bring in Matthew Stafford, so on and so forth. The rest is history. We know they won the Super Bowl. Now, how much does he have left in his tank? Is this the end, the beginning of the end for Jalen Ramsey going to Miami? Or are we going to see Jalen Ramsey recreate himself and see something we haven't seen from him now, him moving back to the AFC side of the ball? No. And the reason why is, so look, you can have the best corners in the league, but if you don't have a pass rush that's constantly getting home to the quarterback, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, it kind of, those two positions go hand in hand. Uh, same thing. You could have an excellent pass rush, but if you don't have the back end to help cover these guys, then it's going to be a bad day for the defense. So I, I think that there's a little more we have to see Miami do. I don't know exactly what their cap space right now looks like, but in my opinion, they need to shore up that defensive line and get a heavy hitter on that defensive line to uh, help that pass rush because otherwise I think Ramsey is going to be getting cooked. And then also, you know, everyone's thinking, Oh, it's going to be that major of a difference. Well, I mean, Byron Jones retired. So this is basically just Ramsey replacing Byron Jones in that system. And I, is it that big of an upgrade right this second, considering how Ramsey has played the past two seasons? This is a tremendous pickup for the Miami Dolphins, guys. And make no mistake about it, you love having a guy with a massive chip on his shoulder after the tough season that Jalen had last year. He was basically, uh, from, a, from a play standpoint, he was a, an average cornerback last year. And he's going to be looking to rebound. And what better way to do it than on a defense with the likes of, you know, Xavier Howard, who's going to be on the opposite side of him. You can argue the Miami Dolphins will have the best to cornerback, the best cornerback duo in the NFL this year. Oh, by the way, they also have Jalen Phillips as well, too, the edge rusher there. They've got Javon Holland as well, too. And now they, they pick up Bradley Chubb as well, too, there in Miami. You've got, you know, you've got Fangio as the defensive coordinator there with, with uh, Wonder Boy as the head coach in Miami. I love this signing for the Miami Dolphins. This is a, you know, they're getting, the, and my, by the way, Miami's getting good value for Ramsey because he's coming off this tough season. And, uh, you know, cornerbacks, it's it, you look, the guy's been a six time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro, I believe. And we, we talked about him, you know, maybe being over. The guy's 28 years old, you guys. He's 28. He's a, he should be going into his prime right now. So I think that you're going to have both Howard and Ramsey, you know, playing together. I think it's a great opportunity for them to rebound and uh, have, have a solid season. So I, I love the pickup. For the Miami Dolphins here, and uh, I'm by no means some Miami Dolphins fan at all, guys. Hey, you know I'm not a Miami Dolphins fan. I'm a New York Jets fan. You ever hear me rooting for the Dolphins? I better have some type of money on them because <laughs> I'm never, I'm never gonna be talking about that team in a good light. Once I just again, don't think it's going to work out the way that they think it's going to work out. We'll see, man. We, we shall see. It's yet to be seen. Season hasn't started yet. Draft isn't even here yet, so we still have a lot to go when it comes to that, guys. So. Once again, straight best sports, Jose V, EMB, Chris Wynn, chopping it up here. Jay Madras was behind the big board doing what he does for us here on Straight Bet Sports. Now, guys, one of the bigger signings and moves this year in the last couple hours 
was the one by Tremaine Edmonds, right? Going from Buffalo, moving over to the Bears. The Bears finally making some type of free agency splash, but on, on the right side, right? On a position that they strongly needed some help. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement here that they got and filled the position that they needed to do this offseason because you're not going to probably get someone like this guy in the draft right away that's going to do the impact and have the impact that he's going to have, right? Now, how much does this hurt Buffalo aside from how much does it help Chicago, right? That, that, that also has to be a question here, guys, right? Because not only is this going to help Chicago, but it's going to hurt Buffalo a lot. I mean, obviously, I mean, I mean, uh, Ian brings up, he just texted me, he said he believes that Hargrove is the biggest impact signing so far. But again, this guy moving from Buffalo to go to the Bears, what does that tell you? Is Chicago finally on the right track? Are the wheels moving to the right direction? Are they going to get this thing rolling coming this offseason? You, you just made the trades. You just got your number one receiver now in DJ Moore, which I'm sorry. I don't think that was a great move. You guys are going to call me crazy here. I don't believe that DJ Moore going to the Bears was a great move for a guy like Justin Fields to have his number one. I believe DJ Moore is a number one. So people are probably listening to this right now saying I'm stupid. I don't know what I'm talking about. DJ Moore is a number one. I just don't believe that he's the type of number one that you're going to bring in to help develop a young quarterback. I don't believe he's that he's guy. Not. I don't. And, and again, he's great. He's talented. But I don't think he's that guy, right? But again, going back to the signing, going back to the moves here, are the Bears on the right track now? Chris, what do you think? I think it's interesting that you bring in, obviously, uh, you know, you're bringing in Edmonds along with, of course, the signing of TJ Edwards, right? So you got the, both of those guys. Uh, obviously, Chicago has invested in their off-ball linebacker group with bringing these two guys in. Uh, I think it was a little expensive. I mean, it, the contract basically comes in just below, I believe, Roquan Smith, right, with, with the Baltimore Ravens, which is around, uh, you know, who averaged, I think, $20 million a season. So I think it's a little expensive for Chicago. But that being said, and he and kind of, you know, hit on it at the top of the show. This is a Bears team looking to make moves, right? I mean, you, you talk about that uh, deal that I'm sure we're going to talk about, obviously, with respect to the number one pick. This is a team that is not trying to wallow in the bat in the bot in the basement of the NFC North, gentlemen, like they have, right? They believe that Justin Fields can be their guy and can be that be their quarterback, and uh, and therefore that's why they moved out of the number one pick. And uh, they're adding pieces that they think can make them competitive in the NFC North. So uh, as a Detroit Lions fan, I'm kind of uh, uh, kind of distressed a little bit seeing the Bears making some decent moves. Uh, me, I'm, I'm, I would disagree with you, Jose, as far as the uh, DJ Moore move. I think that's a great, a solid move Woo! for the Chicago Bears. And I think that uh, he's absolutely a piece that can make a difference there in Chicago. They may, they've had a track record, what, for the last two, three years where they, they bring in these little receivers that are supposed to be – that are supposed to set the world on fire, you know, and they don't even pan out. So, uh, you DJ know, what? An established guy in the NFL, he's been a guy that's produced. So I think that he could be key to the development of, of the likes of uh, Justin Fields. So I, I, it is guys, it's killing me. It's, uh, waxing poetic about all things Chicago bears right now, but I have to give him <laughs> credit for some of the moves that they've made. So, so I know there's a lot of time in free agency, but yeah. my big ticket items would not be receivers, linebackers. If I'm trying to develop my young quarterback, I would have shorted up that offensive line. One of the worst offensive lines in the entire league the last two years. That's where I would have spent my big money. 
Uh, how much did Laramie Tunsil go for? Um, or not Tunsil, uh, Jaquan with uh, signed with uh, Titans. Was it t- Sorry, I, I got to pull it up. He signed. Lindstrom signed five years with the Land Falcons for $105 million five years. You had uh, McGovern signed with the Bills for three years, 23. That's a guard. Uh, you had Nate Davis, three years, 30 million for the Bears. So they did shore it up a little bit, but I don't know if that's the right guy. I don't know. I, I would have I would have went for a big ticket, uh, right tackle, left tackle. Um, made, made some moves along that O-line and uh, maybe gotten him a solid running back. I don't know. I don't know. There's I a do lot of moves to be done. That... So, so, so here's the thing. Carolina can still trade out. It's already been talked about that Carolina's thinking about trading back down. But here's the thing. If if they truly believe that there's more than two quarterbacks that they like within the top ten, you're telling me they don't have enough to move Mm -hmm. back down and still get more? Why did you trade up in the first place? So that's my question for it. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but like that's the move if you were the number one spot to begin with. Why would you trade up to the one spot, give all that up just to trade back out of the top five? I think it's stupid. I'm just saying based off of what I've heard and based off of what's out there. You know, I, I know mean? that's like, what they're saying, but yeah, I think it's, it's honestly, I think it's a smoke screen. I think they know exactly who they want to pick with that one pick. It's Bryce Young. They're going to take it's Bryce Young. It's Bryce Young. Bryce Young is going to I Carolina. think it's Shroud, actually. Shroud makes a lot more sense for a guy like Reich than uh, Young does. I, I love uh, Young. I think that Young is the the highest upside and the most re- NFL-ready quarterback in this entire draft. However, I just don't see – like Reich likes his big guys. He likes also his guys that are extremely mobile when it comes <clears> – <throat> when the play breaks down. Uh, I – to be honest, I just think Shroud fits more Reich's type of system than Young does. But I hope it's Young because I, I want Young to go with a good head coach that can actually really help him out there. Chris, what do you think Carolina is going to take if they keep that number one pick? I think they're absolutely taking Bryce Young. But, guys, this is what's fascinating, right, about the <laughs> NFL draft is that pick is going to trigger all kinds of action, right? Because there's good oh, – yeah. There's going to be kind of a frenzy, I think. One pick is made if teams like a certain, if they like a, a Richardson or a CJ Stroud, you know, or 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 even another player in another at another position that they want to get that at that that they think may be gone by the second through the fifth pick. There's going to be some movement at the top of the draft. So uh, I, I don't know, but I, look, I, it, it was it was funny because Jose was talking, making you're 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 putting that scenario forth, right, Jose? about uh, what the Bears should do or shouldn't do. It was reminding me all all kinds of uh, Kevin Costner from draft day where, you know, you trade <laughs> out the pick that you, you had the number one pick, and then all of a sudden, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm going to go back up again, and uh, I, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unload some other – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give – I'm going to trade, like, five second-round picks and I can move back up to where it was before – where I was before. So uh, it's the NFL draft, so it obviously is – that's going to be – Locked Super in intriguing as all get out, guys, to see what that number one pick is it, it, as far as the Carolina Panthers and what you know, you know, what uh, direction they want to go when it comes to their quarterback of the future, and it's going to impact essentially 
the uh, the the, early, the the rest of the early picks come uh, that that Thursday night. So, Chris, I wanted to talk to you about something. I know you you're not prepared for this one, Ian, but we're gonna move into college basketball. We're gonna move into that conversation because obviously March Madness is just hours away. You were here in Vegas. You were with a lot of the tournaments. You were in in, in, in attendance for a lot that was going on here, which yeah. is it's always great here during March, right? At the end of February, early March, we love it. It gets great here because everyone wants to come to town and have their conference tournaments here, which we love. We can't complain, especially people in the media. We enjoy it. I was at the Mountain West tournament. I hit up the Pac-12 a few times. So I understand what the atmosphere was like out here. But something happened over the weekend that I don't know how I feel about it, Chris. You know how I feel about domestic violence, though. But I don't know how I feel about Chris Beard getting another job again. At least this soon. Now, again, I'm not going to jump on this train and be that negative guy just like I was when it came to my, my, my good friend, Urban Meyer, you know, that I love. And I always have him on my intro and talk about every single time we start the show. But respectfully... It, it, it makes you wonder now, Chris, because we have these situations in the world. Go away from sports, right? Just in the world. When it comes to domestic violence where we have victims that go through it. But then we have victims that say, well, let me backtrack myself, right? Now, some victims backtrack themselves because they know they were in the wrong, right? Others do it because, well, I'm afraid and I think this is the right route to go instead. Or... Well, it's my husband, and he's super famous, and I don't want to hurt his career. You know, things of that nature. So we know the reports are out. The charges have been dropped. Nothing has been filed. And a lot of this was at the request of his wife, fiance, whatever she was. I'm sorry at the time, right? But right. long story short, there was a phone call. There was a report. Something happened, Chris. If I'm one of these young men that is being recruited now by Old Miss – or is already at Old Miss, right? I start to think, is this an individual that I want coaching and mentoring me? Granted, I don't know the full story yet because, like I said, maybe the wife was right. Maybe we got into a fight. I was mad, said some things I shouldn't have. Maybe it got aggressive, but he didn't necessarily choke me or, or beat me. You know what I mean? You know, I get it. A lot of women have came out and said things that weren't true and they don't get in trouble and the men always end up losing at the end of the day. Is this one of those situations, Chris, or do you fully believe that it was just a misunderstanding between two married people? We should stay away from it. He's good now, and you're okay with the signing. Because honestly, I don't know if I'm okay with it yet, but I also don't know if I'm against it just right now. Yeah, a couple things here, Jose and Ian. For me, it's two things. There's the morality question that you're asking, right? And it's kind of the, the viewpoint that we take with respect to the situation and what happened with Chris Beard and his fiance and now wife. Um, and then there's also the business of college basketball and college sports, right? And universities and programs looking to get the best guy or someone that they perceive as the best guy in, you know, in, in this situation. And I, I, I tend to want to separate it. From a sentiment standpoint, I agree with you fully. I, I think that it's too soon for him to get a job as far as a big-time job in, in college sports. I think that's a situation that was unfortunate without question. And, I, I look, I don't know all the intimate details, and I, 
I quite frankly don't care to know all of them, but it, I think there was something that did go down there and it, it was a scenario that you just presented that you just laid out. That is in, in no way a good thing for Chris Beard and for his family. That being said, I mean, I, I also understand that the, yes, college sports is a business and it only takes one, right? Jose, it takes and any, it takes one university or one school to say, okay, we're going to give you another chance. And they're not necessarily going to pay much attention to the timeline. And they're going to, they're going to rationalize it around, you know, in their heads, as far as we think, you know, the, the benefits outweigh the negatives here. Obviously there's going to be a, you know, a PR hit and there's going to be a view of Old Miss with respect to hiring Chris Beard. And so, uh, so I can understand that. Uh, but yes, I would concur with you. I would agree. I think it's too soon for him to get a gig. Um, it's not, I don't have anything personal towards Chris Beard. Obviously we, we have a history here covering UNLV and, uh, him being the coach here for a matter of days before he took the, uh, the Texas tech job. But that being said, I mean, I think there's, uh, we're, we're a very forgiving, forgiving country. Okay. And forgiving society. And, uh, we are very willing to give people second, third, fourth, and 15th chances, right? And when it comes to things that happen that uh, aren't necessarily good. So it, it, it doesn't surprise me. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily, but it's not a shock to me whatsoever that he did get a job and uh, and that it appears that he and his family are kind of putting this behind them. And hopefully, look, this isn't something that ever raises its ugly head again. This is something that hopefully never happens with Chris and his family and his wife. And his family, I, I, I would, I would expect that. I'd hope that to be the case, uh, you know. But uh, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah, Jose, I think you're might they got Jose on mute or is that me? There we go. I'm sorry. Can you guys hear me now? I was muted. But yeah. Ian, do you have any thoughts on this by any chance? Not really. What's that? Uh, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of just what Chris said in terms of like we end up giving especially athletes, coaches, stuff like that, a kind of pass where I don't necessarily think that's always the right way to go about it, but uh unfortunately is how we view sports. So uh, he's going to get another chance, whether it's now, later. Hopefully he doesn't mess up again, and hopefully we get more details. I think that if the details come out and it's worse than we originally thought, then they'll definitely take actions. Um, but for now, it's just something that we kind of have to uh, live with for the moment. So, look, guys, we talked about Texas. I was mentioning it earlier. I brought it up a bit. I absolutely think that Texas got hosed by the selection committee. You beat Kansas in the Big 12 championship game. But not only that, guys, second most quad one wins in the nation this year. Above three teams that are ranked number one going into this conference, right? Into this conference tournament, the whole March Madness. Not only that, you have a team, which I'm pretty sure, not only myself, Chris, I'm pretty sure you had a little yeah. bit of a thought that this team was done. They start the season seven and one. The whole debacle with Chris Beard comes out. I'm sitting there going, wow, 
I, I think this is the end of Texas' season. Now, I didn't think that they wouldn't make the tourney. I still thought that, you know, they had enough talent on that team to get there. But to still be at the point that they ended up finishing the season, Chris, the way they played, the, the grit, the toughness, this coach, in my opinion, coach of the year, to have to keep this team together, they got hosed. They should be a number one seed in this tournament. Kansas should not be a number one seed in this tournament. Kansas deserves at most to be a number two seed. A lot of people are going to disagree. Again, my opinion doesn't have to be yours. You don't have to agree with it. But are you okay with Alabama, Houston, Purdue, Kansas? I'm okay with Alabama. I'm okay with Houston. I'm okay with Purdue, even though I think they're overrated and they'll get bounced possibly in the second round. But I am not okay with Kansas being a number one seed over Texas. What are your thoughts on that, Chris? I could see you working there, and I can, I can maybe get on board. I, I look, I think they're, they're both right there. I mean, when you're talking, and how about how about both those teams? It, by the way, the toughest conference in college basketball this year, the Big Twelve, without question. And you've got all those behind the scenes storylines with both Kansas and Texas. Obviously, Texas early on the season with the, with Chris Beard's situation, and now of course the Bill Self thing that went down with Kansas gave them all kinds of inspiration. When it came to the Big 12 tournament, now he's apparently uh, he's been discharged out of the hospital, and it looks like he's going to be the head coach on the sidelines for them during March Madness. So uh, I, I, I got to disagree. I guess I got to disagree though, flat out, Jose. I think Kansas is the number one seed. I think, I, to be honest with you, just from an eyeball perspective, I, I would I could put Texas as the number one seed over Houston, and maybe even over Alabama, even though Alabama's the number one team in the country. I still I I, I would I think that Texas is a better basketball team. Than both Houston and Alabama, so those are the other two teams that I would and and, and uh, you could maybe make the case that they're better than Purdue. I don't know, but the point being is that uh, you've got uh, a number of teams in March Madness that uh, that have a chance to win to cut down the nets entirely. Guys, think about it. Right, there's probably 12 to 15 teams that you can make a re- you can make a reasonable case that could make it to the Final Four. Then you know it's it's all hands on deck and anything can happen once you get to the final four in Houston. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens here. You've got intriguing matchups upon intriguing matchups in this tournament. Uh, I know obviously we're here locally, right? So we cover the Mountain West and UNLV. I thought it was remarkable, quite honestly, Ian and Jose, that the Mountain West got four teams into the big dance. I mean, I'm just, I was absolutely kind of, I had to I had to take a step back, gentlemen, when I saw that the Wolfpack had gotten into this tournament after the way they played the last couple of weeks, where they'd just been atrocious, and they still found a way. Uh, and it wasn't like they, you know, blew the doors off of the Mountain West uh, tournament this weekend here at the Thomas and Mac. Uh, so it was I was a little bit surprised that Nevada got in. It was kind of hilarious too, right, guys? Because they were the last team to get in, as yeah. the committee member talked about on the show on on Sunday uh, yesterday. So. Uh, it, I'm going to be very interested to see that too. See what uh, the Boise State Broncos, the, the you know the San the, the uh, San Diego State Aztecs, obviously uh, Boise State as well as uh, Nevada, what they're able to do, and Utah State obviously are able to do in the tournament. I said it before before the season ended, going towards the end. I liked Utah State, San Diego State, Boise State, and I was even thinking Nevada had a chance. Four teams came out when a lot of the quote unquote. Um, 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 analysts and, and, and people that know everything only had San Diego State, maybe another team behind them, right, Chris? Right. A lot of people around town were saying, 
two teams tops. I have people saying San Diego State or nothing. There's no other team that'll make it. I'm like, what? Well, what are we talking about here? This isn't UNLV women's. You know what I mean? That you have to win the tournament, even though you're ranked top 25, you're not gonna make it. It's ridiculous. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. The Mountain West is a whole lot better conference that people give it credit for, Chris. Especially this year, they were a lot better in my opinion overall. Right? You know what I mean? They had a lot more talent, a lot more better games, and it shows. Four teams out of the Mountain West getting in, even though one of them was at the end, like we said, just barely got in, not looking great. They got in. That's all that matters at the end of the day. But Ian, are you okay with the top four, or was there anything else that you feel should have been different? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did we lose Ian? Uh-oh. I think we lost Ian, Chris. Uh, I'm yeah, okay so, for look, it for I mean, now. Um, I, 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 it was funny, right? We, uh, we talked about – you talked oh, about Chopper's Field, right, Jose? As far as, as, far as the, the tournaments in town here in Vegas, right? Look, every other city in America – that had a postseason tournament when it came to college basketball, had one, right? One tournament in their town. I don't care if you were in Chicago or in <laughs> New York or in, uh, you know, Nashville. I don't care. How many tournaments were here in Vegas? Five. You had five college basketball tournaments in this town going on at the same time. It was kind of ridiculous for us media members, Jose, trying to get around. That you can't get, you couldn't get to every single game because they're they're all playing at the same time. You got a Big West game going on at the same time as a Mountain West game, the same time as a Pac-12 game. It was kind of ridiculous, you know. But you still had a lot of the fun storylines. It was a tremendous week of basketball, my friend. You, myself, Ian, I'm sure, and a lot of us basketball junkies here in town. It is just an, an an ultimate experience, to be quite honest with you. And I feel very privileged to be here in Las Vegas and at, at, at this time of year because having an, an opportunity to uh, get a chance to cover these events is just remarkable. And uh, how about that tournament over at the Orleans with respect to the WAC, my friend? Uh -huh. uh, my uh, close friend, uh, Todd Simon, who's the head coach at Southern Utah, they had essentially one of the games of the year in a win over Utah Valley. Mark Madsen, former Los Angeles Laker, head coach at Utah Valley, baby, in that there, matchup man. on Friday night in the semifinals. <laughs> Southern Utah's down 23 points late in the second half. Come back and get a four-point play to win that game. It's all over Sports Center. You got Scott Van Pelt, Jose V, and Ian V, uh, <laughs> you know, doing bad beats at ESPN Sports Center after a remarkable win. And look, uh, they ran out of gas in the, in the uh, WAC championship on Saturday. But, uh, I mean, that was just an indication right there, Jose, of how great it is to have all these college basketball tournaments here in town. And uh, seeing how that, that, that uh, WAC tournament, as well as the Mountain West, the Pac-12, the Big West, and, of course, the West Coast Conference earlier that went down with, uh, with Gonzaga and St. Mary's in that final. So uh, college basketball, just so much fun here in Las Vegas over this past week. Yeah, is your mic good now? Because I know you had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties there and we couldn't hear you. But yeah. what are your thoughts? Uh, I I kind of agree with everything you guys said. I haven't been uh, paying too much attention to the brackets because in all honesty, <laughs> the way that they uh, rank it, in my opinion, is very arbitrary to begin with. So whatever happens kind of happens at the start of the tournament. There's not much that you can do to really change that because it's all media driven on the way that they uh, rank you. So you can be the top team, but 
people didn't see you that way and then you end up facing someone that might be better at a better matchup for you or a lesser matchup so to me when it comes to these brackets i the the first ones it's kind of a crapshoot because every team is just going based off the way the public and the media looks at them emb jose v c win hanging out with you guys here on a monday night a little bit past 10 22 p.m here on the west coast you guys are hanging out with us on the west on the east coast and you're still awake we greatly appreciate you i know it's late i want to give you guys a quick little update on what me and ian have going on this coming monday monday march 20th you guys saw us and heard us a few weeks back we filled in for our good friend ken thompson on sports x radio 101.5 fm kdwn here las vegas on the odyssey app as well worldwide we're going to fill in for him again next monday march 20th we will be in studio for the two hours 8 p.m to 10 p.m first hour of the show we're going to have our good friend he's been on the show before former unlv running rebel and evansville point guard none other than marvin coleman joining us on the phone line because he's still on the east coast he won't be in studio with us but later on that night we'll have a good friend of ours good friend of mine good friend of chris good friend of ian mike davis general manager and head coach of the vegas nighthawks of the ifl now a lot of people are still asking me vegas nighthawks ifl what is that jose so let me tell you real quick for those of you that are football fans and know the world of the Arena Football League, the AFL, right? Yeah. Folded a while back, IFL came around. IFL is the exact same thing. It's just indoor football instead of arena football. Same concept. They even kept the Rattlers and some of the original OG teams to keep that style, that feel. Kind of like what the XFL did with the St. Louis Battlehawks, which we see what the Battlehawks are doing, 38,000-plus. That was insane. But they play here in Las Vegas. They are owned by the Vegas Golden Knights. They do play at the Dollar Loan Center where the Silver Knights play, the Vegas Golden Knights minor league team in hockey. It's a great venue. If you haven't been there, I highly recommend that you go check it out. But we're going to have our guy Mike Davis up in the studio. And not only that, if you know the name, if you're a football fan and you're an LSU Tiger fan, Washington Redskin fan, because that's who we play for, then you know Darius Geis. Former second-round draft pick in the NFL with the Washington Redskins. Had a cup of tea in the NFL. Has been away for a bit, taking a little bit of a hiatus. He's back. He signed with the Vegas Nighthawks. He will be playing here. Their first game is that weekend, March 25th. So we're going to have them in studio March 20th on Monday. So please make sure you guys tune in and tap in. That's going to be a great, fun show. We might even be giving something away. I don't know. We're going to try to get to that, see if Mike can hook us up, get some people out to a game, enjoy that game on Saturday night. But real quick, guys, because we got we got to end it up over here. We, we can't talk about the whole bracket. I totally get that. We, we can't go through the whole thing 100%, right? It, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to go on in there. But before I get your thoughts on how you think the bracket ends, Chris, I just want to know, Give me your final four and who you have winning the chip, right? So we can have this on tape, on video, between us three. I want your final four, who's in the chip, and give me your final score so we can tally it all up and see who ended up better at the end of the show. Before you give me that, and it's also on you, Ian, so you have some time to look at the bracket, and it's all there for you guys to see. 
We have everything going on there. And for a lot of you that don't know, the NCAA March Madness is coming to Vegas, baby. We are going to have a regional here, I believe, Chris. So that's going to be fun. I'm excited for that as well. But you and I didn't get to talk about this a few weeks ago. Now, some people are probably going to say, stop. You're harping on it. Let it go. Stop talking about it. We don't want to hear it, right? But it's it's got to be talked about, Chris. The whole situation with Brandon Miller, right? We, we were going to talk about it the other day. We ran out of time on the show. But yeah. it still has to be talked about, Chris. The fact that this kid is still playing. Again, I don't wish on anyone's downfall. But the last time I checked, I wear glasses and I'm also not blind, Chris. When something's in front of me and the facts are there, I, I mean, it, I mean, did you kill someone? No. Did you know that that was going to happen? No. But you're also a smart young man. The last time we checked, you're a college student. You know common sense. You know from right from wrong, Chris. If I call you after you left me at a club and I'm drunk and I'm texting you and you know I'm intoxicated and you had no idea I left a gun in your car, but I'm telling you now, bring me my burner, bring me my gun. Are you going to show up or are you going to try to figure out what's going on before you show up with that gun? Or are you going to try to see where the hell is the gun? Let me put this away. Then go figure out what the hell's going on here. It's common sense, Chris. The fact that he didn't use common sense, someone's dead now. Someone's child is no longer here, and someone's family is grieving and going through it. Again, it's not his fault. I know that. Not putting the blame. I want people to understand this. But if you're the family, Nate Oates in his freaking comments, absolutely atrocious and a slap in the face. Brandon Miller not getting anything but a slap in the wrist, a slap in the face to everyone that's involved with this, Chris. Now, he's going out there and balling out, basically saying, fuck you. I'm going to show you guys I'm talented and it's all about basketball. But is it really all about basketball now, Chris? Do you agree with him still playing right now and that nothing truly happened to him? Or is it, hey, Innocent until proven guilty. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're. I'm gonna have to disagree with you a little bit here. It is innocent until proven guilty, and that's kind of the whole thing here. And look, it kind of goes back to the Chris Beard things we were just talking about. Uh, look, from a sentiment, from a sentiment standpoint, I, I agree with what you just said. Uh, I would, I would sit back and say, yeah, it, 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 it appears to me that uh, there, there's some type of culpability here. The problem, Jose, though, is that there have been no legal charges whatsoever towards him. Uh, he doesn't face any charges, and I believe he's been completely exonerated, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, in the entire situation. So for, at this point, it's about the university, right? And what, what does the university want to do? And let's be honest about it. Let's be honest, guys. The university is going to hedge their bets. They're going to, you know, they're going to justify the reasoning why he should still be able to play. And you've also got to deal with the, the viewpoint also of the player and his family, right? You've got to be able – this is the United States of America. You are innocent until proven guilty. And while, you know, we made some assessments here, you just talked about – you just talked about some of the things that, you know, that that you – your feelings towards this, right, and towards him as an individual. 
and his and his responsibility here. And it's uh, and it's well taken and it's understood. But uh, but when the rubber meets the road, the bottom line here is that he hasn't been charged with anything. So from his standpoint and from the family standpoint and from uh, from from Alabama basketball standpoint is, you know, look, this is a a, a guy who, yes, it's a it's a horrible tra- it's a tragedy. It's something that we wish didn't happen, but it's 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 not a situation in which we feel as a university and as a basketball team and as a basketball program that he should be suspended or any or in any way not be allowed to play essentially when it comes to uh you know the later part of this season and now of course going into the NCAA tournament. So uh uh while I understand your viewpoints on this, I understand you know how you feel about Jose and and I'm right there with you. You know, I, I'm I'm on board. But at the same time, there's also you do have to have uh, a process, right? There is there is a legal process that goes forth. There is a, uh, an opportunity for the individual to uh, to face the music and face the charges, and then uh, be able to dispute them or, uh, or or be exonerated from them. And it appears that's been the case. So I think that uh, that's where I would say that uh, the university. But make no mistake, yeah, the university is hedging their bets. The university is is absolutely justifying this as, as something that uh, sweep under the rug is not the right word, but uh, it, it's something along those lines, right? As far as, as far as what they want to do with respect to Brandon being able to play for the Crimson Tide. Ian, do you have any thoughts on this whatsoever? I haven't asked you about this and we haven't had this conversation. I'm not sure if you looked into it or heard anything about it, but thoughts. Ultimately, I believe that it's, up to the school to hand out the discipline as they see fit. But as a legal standpoint is again, like Chris said, uh, innocent until proven guilty. So you can't really condemn a player based off of accusations or a story that we don't necessarily know all the details about, uh, especially when you're talking about uh, a player's career, a, a college player's career and the way that the rest of the world views them. Uh, in the future, because if it comes out, like say, say Alabama so, or say, say they say, look, you can't play at all. Right. And then it comes out that he actually is innocent. Then you ha- would have to ask, is the school liable for damaging his reputation as well as making scholarships and other opportunities in the future for this kid less appealing to those places offering that so uh, i i would have to think that it, it's completely within the school's right to hand out the discipline the way that they see fit and uh i'm sure they have a bunch of legal lawyers that are uh, going over everything with them to make sure that they handle it properly all right fellas we've come to the end part of the show now we got to go ahead and give uh our final four thoughts here who we feel is going to get to the final four of this year's tournament and uh yeah it's gonna be fun i think it's gonna be a great tournament i think we're gonna see some teams that people aren't necessarily gonna be expecting i don't necessarily think that we have one of those number one fields that you feel all of them have the chance to make it i just don't think it's that this year call me crazy i haven't felt that way all year about college basketball meaning i didn't feel there was a a complete number one or top four number ones that can just take over and take control I think Purdue's overrated. I think it's Zach Eady or nobody. I mean, other than that, they're done. 
Houston, I thought they were the best team in the nation, but I think their best player or one of their best players is now out, not playing. He's hurt. Alabama, I think they're smoking mirrors. They, their time will come and karma will hit. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a number two, three, maybe around there. But before I give you my final four and who I have in the chip and what I think will happen, I'll let Chris go first. Chris, what do you have for us? Okay, so I already got a contradiction, my friend, when it comes to the Final Four. So we're going to take a look, right, in the South. Here it goes, my friend. Arizona Wildcats, after a second-round scare against the Utah State Aggies, is going to come out of the East of the South, excuse me, South region, and uh, and are, are going to take that region. So I, I love I love Arizona in, in that region. Going over to the East, my friend, yes, I'm saying it, Jose Volante. Purdue Boilermakers, Zach Eady is going to come up big come <laughs> tournament time. It's on. Yes, they're the number one seed. I get it. Uh, I love their draw, though. I mean, come on. FDU or Texas Southern, you know, in, in the first round. Then they get maybe a Memphis FAU matchup with those yes, teams. Uh, the, but they're going to – dude, and then they're going to end up playing what? The Duke Blue Devils. Jose V sporting the UNLV gear right there. A lot of uh, a lot of folks loving the Duke Blue Devils, of course, Uh so it looks like it's gonna, it's headed to a Duke-Purdue matchup. That's going to be kind of scary, I think, for Boilermaker fans there in that situation. So I like Purdue coming out of the East. In the Midwest, of course, you talked about those Houston Cougars. Sasser, a question mark, their best player, a guy that uh, has been instrumental for them all year. So I think that, that gives uh, Houston a re real issue. But let me tell you something, guys. You love a number five seed. There's, it always seems like there's a number five seed that ends up in the Final Four. That's going to be the case here in the Midwest, my friends, as the Miami Hurricanes, Jim Laranaga and company, my friends, are heading to the Final Four. Yes, I'm not wow. talking football. I'm not talking 1989-90 wow. football with Durant wow. Johnson and the boys. I'm talking college basketball. Jeez. And then coming out of the West, you've got obviously uh, uh, Kansas and UCLA, the top two seeds in this in this region and you got some intriguing matchups with Northwestern and Boise state early on. And then you've got uh, possibly it, it, whoever wins the Bobby Hurley Nevada game against TCU there, but it's going to be UCLA guys. Jacques has one of the best, best players in the country. You've got a, a solid point guard in UCLA. So I see the Bruins coming out of the West as my final four. And then I've got UCLA in the championship game taking on Purdue in the championship game. And yes, they are going to be all kinds of happy in West Lafayette, Indiana folks, because Gene Katie country is going to be pumped because the freaking <laughs> Purdue Boilermakers. I hate saying this, Jose and Ian B. I hate saying this as a big 10 guy. Who's the Michigan state guy. Purdue Boilermakers. After having a kind of lackluster season, which they were great, but uh, not, but they, but, but they, but as Jose said, they've kind of been overrated a little bit, I think. But I think they, they destroy the naysayers, my friend, and cut down the nets as the national champion. Final score 81 72 Boilermakers over UCLA. All right, Chris has the Purdue Boilermakers by 11. Being the UCLA Bruins and Nick Cronin, Ian, who do you have in your final four? Break it down for us. My final four is going. <laughs> um, it's going to be tough for me, man. Um, 
I always think like I, I'm always going to say that I, I think that uh, Wisconsin and uh, Vanderbilt have uh, shots here, um, but they're both in the same. So uh, let's look. Let, um, let's say I got Vanderbilt going. Wait a minute. What uh, bracket are you looking at, bro? What bracket? You're not looking at the bracket that I sent you? Hold on. This is not this is not good for you no, right you're now. You're right. You're right. I'm looking at the wrong bracket. Hold on. Wait, Chris is even like, wait a minute. Hold on. No, 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 no. Look. <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry. Jerry's Stackhouse boys, baby. It's the Commodore. <laughs> I have the wrong. Right. I, I had multiple things pulled up. I have the wrong one. I got my you. Bad. It's not like my guy plug right now, but it's okay. Go for it. All right, look. You want me to give you mine while you get ready? How about that? I'll do that. Yeah. I, yeah, do so that. So look, Chris. In the South, okay? Let's go to the South. You're going to say I'm crazy, but I think Tony Bennett and his boys are playing Cavalier basketball right now. They're slowing it down. They're playing boring defense, but boring good, right, Chris? They can get teams to the point where they get frustrated because they can't get going on the offensive side of the ball the way they're used to. Yeah. I think the seeding they got and the positioning that they're in on who they may have to play to get to the Final Four is cake. Give me Virginia on the south. I think they make it to the Final Four there as a number, what is it, number four seed. On the east side, I do not like Purdue. I think they get bounced in the <laughs> second round to Memphis, which I think Memphis yeah. is going to be Florida Atlantic. But I think in this bracket, we got to look at our guy Shaka Smart. Second year at Marquette, Big East champions, and they are getting hot at the right time, Chris, playing great basketball. And we know Shaka when it comes to the tournament. He loves the tournament. He starts getting that defense rolling, that team excited. So I think it's Marquette on the east side. When it comes to the Midwest side, I would have had Houston. I, I would have. Yeah. But their player being hurt and all that, you know, changes the whole situation, the whole scenario there. But we have a lot good going on here, not just the Houston side of the ball, right? We have Miami, which is what Chris mentioned. We have a team in Texas, which I really like, obviously. So I got to throw it out there. I don't think Xavier is a team. I think Xavier – could get bounced in the first round, as crazy as it sounds. Xavier did not play that well towards the end of the season. But I think Texas comes out of this. I think Texas is a great team. I told you, I think they will come out of the Midwest and head to the Final Four. When we get to the west side of the ball, I know UCLA. UCLA is great. So I've been playing here in Vegas twice this year, once in the Pac-12 tournament, once early against Illinois when they were also at T-Mobile. Looked good in both games, right? I believe they lost the game to Illinois. But they still looked good overall this season. Obviously, racking off 29 wins. Not bad at all right there. That program is back to what we're used to seeing. But I think this side of the bracket, this side of the region, Chris, I think it's going to be a sleeper team. And I think it's going to be a higher seed than we're used to. And I think it's going to be someone like Northwestern, the number seven seed. I know it's crazy, but they're playing ball right now. They beat a lot of top-ranked teams. They beat Indiana twice this year, I believe, when they were ranked top 25 in the nation, right? Not beating slouches, good, good conference wins as well. Second in the Big uh, Big Ten, I believe, or the Big 12, excuse me. Big Ten. When it came to the conference, right? So they are no slouch. Don't let the 21 and 11 record fool you. 
Records, in my opinion, once you get to this part of the season, throw them out the window, Chris. They mean nothing. So I have, who do, who do we say again? I have Virginia. I have Marquette. I have Texas. And I have Northwestern. Wow. So it, I was, was going to ask you that question too, Jose. <laughs> I was going to toss that at you. You brought Northwestern's a seven seed, so they're a single digit yeah. seed. But I was going to ask you this question. Do you think there's a double-digit seed that could throw a monkey wrench into the whole situation? Is there a yes. double-digit seed out there? Because there was one that was just down the screen behind you, Jose Volante, that I think a lot of people, and, and by the way, a lot of talking heads have been chirping about, and it's Charleston, the team that plays San Diego State in the first round. A lot yep. of people love Charleston because they can at flat out light up the scoreboard, my friend, and, and score the basketball. Uh, is there a double-digit seed that you're looking at that can make some noise? So, honestly, that that's one of the ones that I was looking at. I was looking at College of Charleston. I think the season that they had, 31-3, and three, obviously, you're playing different type of opponents, but the team, the players that they have, the style of offense that they run, Chris, they're a great team, if I'm being honest with you. The one team that I am looking at as well that I think can make a little bit of noise, that can get far in the tournament here, Kent State. I don't think Kent State is getting enough credit. They can go in there and be, oh, they're, they're going to play. Um, they, they got what Indiana in the first game. Indiana, yep. They can, they can, they can beat Indiana. Indiana has been faltering lately. Let's be honest, right? They had a good season, but when they started getting ranked, when they had to win some of these games to look good, couldn't make it happen. Couldn't do it. I think Kent State can be a sneaky, sneaky team, Chris. You got a 13 seed, I believe, against a mm -hmm. four. Hey. We've seen 13 seeds make some noise. We've seen 12 seeds make some noise. Anything is possible. But here's my question for you, and then we'll get to Ian, and we'll get his. But I didn't give you my final final on who I got and what the championship is. So I'm going to okay. give you that real quick. I got Texas beating Northwestern to get to the championship game. And call me crazy. But I think that Virginia and Tony Bennett are back and they will make it to the championship game. But I think Texas will just be too much. I think the fact that they did not get the number one seed after everything that happened, I think these players love and respect their coach and they're playing for him at the end of the day because he has brought them under their wing and has been there for them when they needed someone the most. I think this team is riding on an absolute high whether you beat Bill, the, the, the Jayhawks with or without Bill Self, you just beat the Jayhawks in the championship game, and you got disrespected with a number two seed, and they got a one. I think Texas win this game. I think it's close. 67-64 final. Give me Texas beating Marquette. Now, before we get to Ian, is it possible at all? Can this happen? Can we see a Jarius Lyles UMBC type upset do we have any chance of a 16 possibly upsetting a one in your eyes this year chris if it happens it's going to be in that alabama game i'm telling you jose it's going to be in that game those two teams uh, can score again can can put up points both you know amcc as well as you know smo they're both solid offensive they could they could be the team so i look at that matchup as far as Alabama, and you, look, we just talked about the off-the-court stuff that Alabama's dealing with. A, a lot of times, those teams get overlooked, right? And it, it makes sense, right, Ian and, and Jose, that a team like that, given you're the number one seed and 
and nobody gives you a chance whatsoever to win that uh, they can overlook. So I would look absolutely at that matchup. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's Northern Kentucky over. I don't think Northern Kentucky is going to pull the upset. I don't uh, necessarily think. Uh, obviously, because I have. Uh, I don't think Howard. You know, all due respect to Howard, who was able to knock off UNLV yeah. uh, in in uh, upset yeah. fashion here that Jose and I uh, got a chance to see live. Uh, no, I don't think the Howard, Howard ends up uh, uh, be getting that upset. But uh, yeah, I, I I think it's going to be that matchup uh, that Alabama has. That's the the best chance. For, for a team to get there. But I got to make one more quick comment, guys. Jose, Jose Sport in the UNLV gear and praising Northwestern, saying Northwestern's going to the bottom, going, going down the going another going all the U, the running rebel faithful are furious with you right now. You you were you're already talking about Arizona State earlier and Bobby Hurley. Now you're you're waxing poetic about Chris Collins, the head coach of Northwestern, another Duke guy as well, too. I'm sure all the UNLV fans are just delighted with you right now, Jose. Hey, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I got to get, I got to tell it like it is. What's up, Chris? But Ian, what you got, my guy? Give us your final four, give us your champion, and give us your final score so we can get on out of here. All right. So I'm going to preface this with I do not watch college basketball, guys. Um, not until it's That's time the the show, guys. You're probably going to have better picks than us, man. Now, now that being <laughs> said, there is a couple times where I have tuned in. All right. All right. And, um, so I do really like, um, I do really like uh, Baylor. Okay. Um, I really like uh, Purdue. Okay. Uh, let's see. Sorry. Come on. I'm just going to roll with Penn State, you know. <laughs> Philly, got to nice. go with Penn State. And then um, for the last one, I'm going to go with Old Faithful and go with Gonzaga. You go with Penn State. Hey, hey they gave Purdue some trouble. So, okay, okay. Like I now, said, I ha- you know, I have to remain faithful a little bit, right? You got Gonzaga playing uh, Penn State in the Final Four, and then you have Purdue playing who? Who was your other team? Purdue playing what? Did we lose Ian Virginia. again? Virginia. Oh, Virginia. Okay. Virginia. Now, yes. Virginia, yeah. Purdue. And Boiler. We got Virginia, Purdue, and then you said you have Penn State versus Gonzaga. So who's your championship game, and what's your final score? Ooh. Uh, we go go with Purdue. Like Chris is, we gonna go with Penn State, man. With the upset, let's go. <laughs> Purdue against Penn State. In the- <laughs> Let's go. Hey, like line, I said, baby. I have to go big, right? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> what? Hey, watch, watch it be accurate. Watch it happen, baby. I love it. I love it. Hey, you never know. Follow that bracket. It might watch that bracket end up being a perfect bracket, and he gets there. But hey, fellas, it's late here, man. We've got an hour and a half. I greatly appreciate both you jumping on, but Chris. Let the people know where they can find you on all things social media and what you got going on, my man. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Always great to join you on Straight Bet Sports. Uh, you can find me at uh, Christian Wynn on Twitter. Find me at CWin77 Instagram and across the board on TikTok as well, too. Also, all over the airwaves here in Vegas from uh, Out of Line and also Heatwave Sports over on Fox Sports Radio with our guys Tim Oglesby and Tom Barton. Jose, you get a chance to fill in on that show and jump on that show every now and then, too. And also, on uh, obviously, on SportsX Radio here, KDWN here in Las Vegas on Ken Thompson's show. Usually, I'm on Fat Tuesdays. And occasionally on Thursdays as well, too. Sometimes jump in on Mondays to fill in for him as well, too. But uh, And also uh, pushing the limits with uh, Brian Shapiro. Uh, he does like a lot of others talking about a lot of like social issues and politics and stuff like that. But also uh, heavy on the sports side as well, too. So all over the airwaves here in Vegas. And uh, always love getting a chance to join you guys with Straight Bet Sports. See you win, my man. I greatly appreciate you. Make sure you guys give him a like, give him a follow. Always a great follow. You will not be disappointed. Trust me. He likes to ruffle some feathers from time to time, just like me. So trust me, you always want to follow someone that all thinks social media. So my guy, greatly appreciate you. Have yourself a great night. And you know, I'll see you out there on the sports scene in Las Vegas. Appreciate you. Absolutely. All right, everybody. I greatly appreciate you, man. It's late. I got to take my ass to bed. I got to give a big shout out to my guy, Jay Madrazos. I'm going to put him on the screen real quick so you guys can see who I'm talking about. He's over here sporting the Boca Junior. Got through the Argentina side. He's always over here wrecking the Argentina side. But I greatly appreciate him coming through on last late last minute notice to hang out here, do the show, producer for me for my guy. I greatly appreciate you. Give him a like. Give him a follow as well. He's got a lot of good things going on. We're gonna send him to the the, the Vipers game, the Aviators. He's gonna be doing a lot of photography, a lot of video pictures for us. So greatly appreciate you, my guy. Won't be the last time we get you on, but. Once again, you've been tuned into another episode of Straight Bet Sports. I'm your boy, Jose V. Our guy, EMB, just took off. Our guy, Chris, when is hanging out in the green room right now. Going to chop it up with him real quick after the show. But I greatly appreciate everyone tuning in tonight, everyone a part of the show, especially our sponsor, Eric Navarro of Lighting Up by Eric, as you see on the bottom of the screen right here. Give him a call today. Let him know that Straight Bet Sports sent you and Jose V. He'll definitely take care of you. But look, man, I'm so happy and grateful that I get to jump behind the mic, jump behind the camera, and talk to you guys and still do this and not stop. I have a lot of things going on with the Vegas Vipers. Um, Aces coming around the corner. Um, UNLV football is coming back. There's just so much in the works. I'm doing boxing. I'm doing MMA. I spoke to Chaos Williams, UFC fighter, that just signed his deal to fight at UFC 288. Coming up soon as well in New York, New Jersey. So going to have him on the show as well. So fun times, man. I'm excited. Got a lot of things going on. We're trying to get back in the studio. I'm also working back at Gorilla Cross Radio, doing some things there doing some engineering, learning some more, trying to improve my craft, you know, and do a lot more. So greatly appreciate you guys for everything, the likes, the follows, the share, the comments. You already know what it is. Jose V with Straight Bet Sports. Till next week, remember, Monday night, KDWN 101.5 FM here in Las Vegas and on the Odyssey app, streaming worldwide from 8 to 10 p.m. on the West Coast time. Me and EMB will be live on SportsX Radio filling in for Ken Thompson. In-studio guests, we will have general manager and head coach Mike Davis of the Vegas Nighthawks of the IFL and their new running back, former second-round pick of the Washington Redskins in the NFL, Darius Geis, former LSU running back as well, in-studio joining us and on the phone to talk some NCAA basketball since we will be in the Sweet 16 portion of the tournament at that point. Former UNLV running Rebel and Evansville point guard, none other than Marvin Coleman, a good friend of mine and a good friend of the show, joining us. But guys and gals, thank you again. Stay safe. If you're out and you're drinking, please don't drink and drive. Get a taxi. Get an Uber. Be safe. Call a friend. 
Till then, we are out. We greatly appreciate you guys. Peace.